Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Ask Shane Anything. We're back after a week layoff. We didn't do a show last week because of Thanksgiving. I will admit it was a little nice to have the Friday off, um, but we are back, and I will say this too. You guys have answered the call. You guys have put a bunch of questions in the thread for Ask Shane Anything. Not quite enough yet to get me through the holidays with all the episodes I need to do, but we're getting there. So I want to thank you guys. I asked you guys to go and ask questions, and you did it. That's awesome. Um, you guys asked great questions, by the way. I have a really good slate for today. Let's get to them. Our first question for this week's episode comes from Fruit Eater. The MMO genre is on the decline, and often when they are brought up on Game Face, they are met with a lukewarm reception at best. What do you think is contributing to the decline of MMOs, and how would you personally like to see the genre change to make them interesting for you again? Okay, couple things here. First thing, <laughs> at the end of your question there, uh, you said um, make them interesting for you again. They have never been interesting for me. I have tried tons and tons of MMO RPGs, other types of MMOs. I haven't really liked any of them. Um, <laughs> It was always the genre that I made sure that I handed off to somebody else when I was a reviews editor, uh, because beyond, honestly, I just wasn't even qualified to evaluate them. And again, to be honest, um, I'm still not qualified to evaluate MMOs. I would never, ever review an MMO on Game Face. It just it wouldn't be right. So I've never really liked MMOs. Uh, Matt has gone through spells where he's liked them. Um, been a while since he's also found one he's really enjoyed and I think for me it's people have tried to get me into the genre many times and there's always this next game this is the one that you're going to like and I think what people are targeting and what I look for in an MMO that might turn the tide a little bit for me is good combat now Black Desert Online was maybe the first ever MMO that really to me had action-based combat where it really felt like it was responsive and it felt like your reflexes mattered. Most MMOs I've played, it's like you park your character next to the enemy and you just start clicking like things on the bottom of the screen and as they, as their cooldown finishes, you just click them like I don't even for the most part playing MMOs, I wouldn't hardly even ever look at like the actual characters on screen. I'm just looking at the trail on the bottom, waiting for the cooldown to finish to just keep clicking them, to just keep doing the combos. And I am not interested in that at all. I want great, responsive, active combat. That's what MMOs are going to need for me. Now, again, going back to Black Desert Online, um, that game appeared to have that, but when I actually played it, while it did feel a lot better than most MMOs, it still wasn't quite there. So that's what I'm looking for. But I need other changes as well because another thing I would argue with MMOs is that the quests just aren't all that interesting. They're, it's To me, it feels like they're all, like 80% of them are just fetch quests or go here and kill five rabbits and then come back or go here and get this thing and then come back. Most of the quests in MMOs just don't interest me at all. So it's kind of a double whammy for me. I don't really like the gameplay. I don't generally like the quests. And then the other thing too is that the stories, because these games have to live on for so long, this pacing and the stories take forever. And I do realize that sometimes that's very rewarding. Like having that really long arc that pays off in the end, I totally understand it. But as someone who doesn't like the other parts of the genre, the pacing of the storytelling in that genre doesn't convince me to kind of jump back in and give them another go. So, 
am I closing myself off to MMOs? No. Like, if the one comes along that I think is going to be really good, like, I'll give it a go again. I'll give it another try. Um, I have been into, as far as the structure of an MMO, like, I've been into, like, Destiny and Destiny 2 and stuff like that. And again, those games do have really good combat. Destiny has great gunplay. And I stuck with those for a long time, but they're not really MMOs. I mean, they didn't feel like it to me anyway. Let's get back to the first part of your question, which was MMOs are losing relevance. In a roundabout way, I think that's what you said. I don't agree with that. I feel like there are MMOs that are thriving now um, that a lot of people, I don't think people realize how strong the MMO market is, I guess is the best way I could put it. You have Final Fantasy 14, you have Final Fantasy 11, World of Warcraft is still going strong, although people are a little pissed off about some of the recent announcements around that game. But typically it feels like there are more viable MMOs now than ever. Even some of these really old ones that are like 15 years old are still getting consistent updates and expansion packs and things like that. So Again, as someone who's kind of on the outside looking in, it feels like the MMO market's pretty good. I will say this, it's not as part of like the pop culture lexicon like it was when World of Warcraft first launched in the first like three or four years that that was on the market. Like it was one of those things back then where people that, just casual people were talking about MMOs back then. Now, it really does seem like the audience is kind of settled in. People understand what those games are like. And I think now you find, you find that the people that are playing them, are the, they aren't really experimenting. They already know that they like it. In addition to having to, you know, find an MMO that I enjoy playing, then there's also the whole thing of the monthly subscription cost to play it. Like... It'd have to be a damn good MMO for Shane to plunk down 10 or $15 a month to play it. So I guess one thing I would concede is that the genre hasn't done a good job evolving so that it might attract people like me going forward. I guess that would be my big criticism of it. But I think otherwise, if you're an MMO player, which I'm guessing you are, like, I feel like you probably have pretty good options and you're pretty happy. Like, who cares if I like it or not if you're having fun, right? That's the way I look at it. So MMOs, I just think they've become kind of this steady burn in the industry, and it's going to take something crazy for a new one to come and spike. But I do think overall that the market is pretty healthy. All right, next up, we have a question from Erebus Jones. Now that a bit of time has passed, what do you make of the recent death of ice hockey player Adam Johnson? As somebody who doesn't follow the sport, it blew my mind that neck protection that could have saved his life is freely available yet totally not mandated. Even after the event, there seems to be zero appetite to change that. His opponent, who caused the injury, is now facing a manslaughter charge. One life ended, and so many more devastated for want of a $30 piece of safety gear. Why is there no drive for change? Okay, so here's the one non-gaming related question that I slide into uh, asking anything every week to keep things interesting. Um, by the way, the player that uh, Erebus Jones is talking about was a Pittsburgh Penguin. He played for the Penguins. He had a very short stint in the NHL. They called him up for, I think it was like, when I say call up, that means that he was playing on the Penguins uh, farm team. He wasn't on the pro roster, and they called him up to play on the NHL team. And that lasted for, like, five or six games. And I remember him playing. He actually was pretty good. Like, when they sent him back down, I was kind of surprised. I was like, wait, like, he scored a couple goals in, like, five. Anyway, he was also a good dude by all accounts. He was a really good guy. Um, and it is really sad what happened. And I really feel for his family. And I'll say this, too. I am someone who actually plays hockey. And this is something that everyone who plays hockey knows can happen. Um, Adam knew that at any time. I mean, people don't realize that you're, they're blades. Like, they're literally razors that you're skating around on. It's actually surprising that this doesn't happen more often. In fact, as a hardcore hockey fan, I pretty much know every time that's ever happened. And the crazy part is that, like, no one else has died. 
because usually in the NHL, when that happens, you have amazing medical just waiting right over the boards to come on the ice and immediately register aid. And I don't know this for a fact, but Adam was playing in kind of a D-level hockey league in Europe, and I'm wondering if there just weren't enough medical staff on hand to get to him quickly enough to save his life. It is an awful story. Uh, the other part of it is that the guy who did it, I haven't watched the video. I can't bring myself to watch it. Um, but I have been, it's been described to me by my fellow hockey brethren that the guy made a kicking motion towards his neck. And while I don't think that the guy was probably trying to kill him, he did something extremely dangerous that did kill him, and that is manslaughter. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, back to your question about neck protection. I don't want to spend too much time on this topic, but back to your question about neck protection. Hockey players are weird. So I know a lot of them, and you hang out with them outside of the game, and they're like the, literally, like the nicest people you will ever meet. And then you go play, and they change. There is this almost like unwritten rules around the sport where, I don't know, it's, it's like you're required to be a meathead to play hockey. And again, it's very interesting to see the players outside of the game be completely different from when they actually go and play. Um, and it's just like, you have to be a meathead. You have to be tough. You can't ever admit that you're hurt or you're injured or anything like that. It's very weird, very macho. Um, and I think that's common in a lot of sports, honestly, but it's a really big deal in hockey. And so, for instance, remember back when, a long time ago, goalies didn't wear masks. They literally just had a face there. Like, it's that's insane. And it took forever for the league to, one, to get players, goalies, to start wearing masks, and two, to then mandate it. The same thing happened with eye shields. Players didn't want them. They're like, oh, it obstructs my view. I don't want to use them. So all the old school players were like, I'm not wearing a shield. Well, all the young players were like, I am. I want to keep my eyesight. And so... The NHL eventually, it took way too long, but eventually passed a rule that anybody coming into the league now has to wear a visor, but anybody who was already in the league doesn't have to if they don't want to. And that's the way the NHL does stuff. So back to your question about neck protection. There is a device hockey players can wear that will protect their necks and it doesn't weigh that much and it, it actually sticks away from the neck so it doesn't even like rub on their neck. Um, it's a great solution. And as you said, most players are like, I don't want to wear it, but some have. One player, TJ Oshie, who plays for the Capitals, the Washington Capitals, he is wearing one. In fact, there are dozens and dozens of players that have started wearing neck protection in the NHL, even though the NHL doesn't mandate it. So, and to be honest with you, most of those players are older guys who have like three kids and a wife. And they're like, I cannot put my life at risk. Like they've realized like this whole macho attitude isn't going to be worth anything if I'm gone and my wife and kids have no father or husband. And so some players have started doing it. When will the NHL mandate it? It's going to take forever. It just will, um, unfortunately. But it is good to hear that some players are taking it upon themselves to do it. So say, why is there no drive for change? Because the NHL is run by a bunch of lunkheads. Um, it, the people call it the good old boys. Like, for example, you can basically cross-check someone in the face with your stick in the NHL, and you don't get suspended. And you get like a $5,000 fine because the people who are running the NHL are these players from like the 60s and 70s when goalies weren't wearing masks. And so they're very reluctant to change the game. They need to be out. They need to get the F out. They are dragging hockey down. They're the reason that hockey is not growing at the rate it should. Nobody wants to see that crap. No one wants to see someone get cross-checked in the face. No one wants to see someone get their neck slashed. And the league just keeps dragging its feet, bringing itself into the modern age. So I would love to see tons of reform in hockey, not just neck protection, but that would be a really good start. All right, our next question is coming from Commander Fett. 
Lately, I've noticed a lot of transphobic comments whenever there's discussion involving Hogwarts Legacy. Is there a reason this hasn't been addressed on the site? I understand this is probably a complicated issue for you since some of these people are paying members of the site, just wondering how you felt on it, and if there are any plans to maybe address issues like this in the future. Okay, so you say that there's a lot of transphobic comments, but I only really have come across or have been alerted to like one thread. And I'll be honest with you, like, Nobody alerted to me it for, to me to it for a really long time. Like I noticed that there was one story that was getting a lot of comments, but I'm so damn busy, man. Like I wish I could go and comment on every story that you guys are talking about. I just can't. So I just I saw it. I'm like, oh, there's 50 comments or whatever. Just put it in the back of my mind and forgot about it. And then eventually one of our mods reached out to me, um, and I started investigating. And you're right, there is a thread where there was some pretty awful language being used in in the thread. Um, so anyway, when it was brought to my attention. Um, I just want you to know, personally, I think it's wrong and it's horrible. So, you know, as far as how I feel about language like that, it's disgusting. That's how I feel about it. Um, now, you say I'm a site owner and it makes it tough because people are... It, no, it doesn't make it tough if people are paying members at all. It, that does not filter into my decision making at all. It's like $4 a month to sacrifice the integrity of my website or scaring off people that I want to be a part of my website. And that's the thing. I want everyone to be a part of my website. I don't want to have to like single people out and boot them out, but you have to not be an asshole. That's it. Really the only requirement to stay on Sifted is to not be an asshole. That's it. That's really all you have to do. Just live and let people live. That's all you gotta do. Some of you can't do it. It's infuriating and weird, to be perfectly honest with you. If you're one of the people doing this on the site, maybe you should ask yourself, why? Why are you doing it? Where did this come from? Trans people have been a part of our society for centuries, centuries. I personally had a trans person in my family who has since passed away. A lot of people do. A lot of people have trans people in their families. Why all of a sudden, starting in 2016, did people start targeting trans people? Think about that. That never happened until 2016. They're just a part of our society. People are just like, okay, you do you. And then all of a sudden, in 2016, there's this ramp up of rhetoric and hatred towards these people. Where'd that come from? Mm, can I connect the dots? Somewhere along that line in 2016, bigoted rhetoric was deemed to be okay for certain segments of our society. It's never okay. And it's not okay on Sifted either. It's not. So what's changed? It's the outside influences. You're being used and manipulated by propaganda. Stuff that you're reading, stuff that you're watching has changed your mind. You weren't like this before. Why are you like this now? Wake up. Wake up. And the other thing I want to add here, you say that I didn't address it or whatever. I don't address moderation publicly at all on the site. There's always stuff going on behind the scenes where people are doing dumb stuff and we're moderating it and we're warning them and in some cases banning them. I gotta follow our terms of service. That's the thing. So I think you guys know how I feel about this topic, but as a business owner, I can't just like become a dictator. I can't become what I hate. I need to follow our rules. Our rules are our terms of service. And I will admit that there is no language in our terms of service right now to address something like this, unless the people are breaking other rules like trolling. So for example, there's no reason to intentionally misgender someone unless you're an asshole. That's just all there is to it. And so if you do that, what's the point of doing that? The only point of doing that is because you're trolling. 
You're trying to rile up the other people in the thread. That's the only reason to do it. And so we find ways to warn people or ban people upon other tertiary things that they're doing around the other offense. Now, to be fair, we are in the process of updating our terms of service. Our site engineer has been very busy wrapping up a project, but that is something that's coming. You guys will all be required to accept that terms of service going forward, and it will have language in it about misgendering people. So we're working on an easier, more permanent solution, a more targeted solution to the problem, but we already have the rules in place to kind of do that anyway, and that's exactly what we've done. All right, next up, and our last question for today's episode, on a lighter note, we have a question from NeoJD. If you had to try to put the metaverse effect in a game, as in adding as many pop culture characters as you, as you could, a la Fortnite or Call of Duty, what game would you go with and how would you do it? Well, let's see. Uh, lately, I've really experienced like this metaverse, like pop culture thing in Call of Duty. It's like every game I play, there's like Skeletor and there's like Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. And there's this hip hop guy that I've never heard of that doesn't have a shirt on. Like every match now has like weird celebrities in it. It does feel more like Fortnite this year than ever before. And I think a big part of it is it launched, they had these characters available. Um, so that's changed a lot, but I do think the better fit is Fortnite. And simply because of Fortnite's art style. It just, because it's cartoony, you can include almost any character in there. Like a lot of these characters that are in Call of Duty, they feel out of place. It's like you have a team of six and there's six, five military dudes and then Skeletor. <laughs> You're just like, uh, okay. Like that doesn't make sense at all. It's just a way for Activision to make money. In Fortnite, it makes more sense. It's this candy-coated fun universe where everybody's there having a good time, having a party. Like, I just feel like that stuff works better in Fortnite. Um, so that is the game I would choose. And as far as, like, the characters that I would choose, like, one thing I feel like is they should have more music artists in Fortnite in general. Um, now, obviously, they have some. Like, but most of them are just, like, rappers or whatever. Like, people who don't look distinctive or have a shtick. So I propose that you start bringing in rock stars and music artists that are just crazy, like Kiss. Why is it Kiss in Fortnite? <laughs> Seriously, they would be awesome, dude. I would play, I would buy a Gene Simmons skin to play as Gene Simmons in Fortnite. Um, and then like other bands, the Misfits, they would be a perfect fit in Fortnite with their devil locks, they're totally stylized, and you can just go on and on. There have been bands like those for decades and it just is like an endless well of people that you could bring in. So I would do that. I also feel like they're starting to kind of run out of like really big pop culture people. So it'd be cool if they start working on some of the more alternative underground stuff and sliding that into Fortnite for people like me. Obviously understanding at the same time that Fortnite is made for kids. So <laughs> it is a little bit of a tough sell. Like putting me in the epic boardroom where I go in and try to sell this idea. They're going to be like, Shane, <laughs> how many 13-year-old kids know who Gene Simmons is? Like, I'm not delusional. I understand that my ideas may not be a great sell. Uh, but I would say this. If you do want to get older people into Fortnite, you want to expand the market for Fortnite, that's probably a good way to do it. Like even if you just put like the Rolling Stones in Fortnite, even though they're not really distinctive, although some of them kind of have their own style or whatever. Mick Jagger has like the scarf or whatever. Even that might bring in some older people. So I guess I'm just saying like, I don't really like Fortnite and maybe I might if they had characters that I cared about in the game. I guess that's what I'm getting at. And as far as like the metaverse and be like, well, this person's from this metaverse and this one's from this one. Like, does that really matter anymore? Like everything's just kind of mashed together at this point. So um, I like this stuff. 
Um, I like that they're bringing pop culture stuff into video games. I wish more of it was stuff that I actually cared about, but I do like it. And I think the, the best platform, the best game to do that is absolutely Fortnite. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Ashing Anything. Thanks again to all you guys who are pledging at $7 or more per month because that is why this show happens. Without you guys doing that, it wouldn't happen. In fact, we're below the threshold we're supposed to be at to do Ashing Anything. But so many of you are pledging at that tier that I that I want to do it anyway. And to be honest, I enjoy doing the show. So <laughs> thanks to all you people who are supporting us. Oh, hey, there's a QR code on the screen right now. Um, if you want to buy us a beer for the holidays, just use your cell phone camera over the QR code. A little link will pop up on the screen. Just tap it and it'll take you to a screen where you can give us, you can buy us a beer. You can give us five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you want. If you just want to buy us a beer for the holidays. And I will say this too. Once the holidays are here and I'm back home in Pennsylvania and I'm at the bar with my buddies, I promise you that I will take some pictures of my beer to show you that I actually bought a beer with the money that you give us there. So thanks to you guys. You guys are awesome. I hope you guys all have a great weekend. I'll see you on Game Face on Tuesday.